0: welcome to hey there sunshine we all know life can be dark and gray at times but this podcast is about finding your sunshine and how to have more of it in our lives if you want to hear real stories from everyday people chats with health professionals and self-reflections then this is the podcast for you let's break the stigma of mental health and open up the conversations we're at double digits it's episode 10 and we're going into double digits talking about something that i'm i'm you know i'm obviously i'm passionate about mental health but i am incredibly passionate about this topic um raising our kids to develop emotional intelligence i just think this is so important and one of the greatest gifts that we can give our children but before I get into that um, I don't have a recommendation for this week but I just do want to share something that I am grateful for. Today I have completed the one foot forward walking challenge with um, the Black Dog Institute. It's um, obviously raising funds for mental health, it's for research, and for resources to support people in Australia with mental health struggles. Um, And yeah, I've raised over $500 and my team have raised, there's about six of us, we've raised collectively about just under $1,500. So I'm super stoked for that, so proud. Um, But what I'm grateful for is for everyone that um, donated to this cause. But I guess not more so, but just there are people that donated to my cause um, who I haven't spoken to or seen in years. Like I'm talking potentially 10, 12 years, some of these people. And I'm just so grateful that they made these donations and that they, like, kind of reached out in that way. They didn't say anything. They didn't expect a thank you. They didn't expect anything from me. Um, and, you know, it wasn't like 5 or $10. Like, it was a decent amount of money that they put towards um, the this charity, um, this fundraiser. So, um, yeah, just super grateful for people who just, yeah, I guess show generosity in that way just so amazing so anyway emotional intelligence it's just so important to help to help our kids mental health in the long run um I think the more our children understand their emotions the more they're going to have self-confidence and self-love and yes self-understanding And it's going to help them so much long term in so many different scenarios, home, school, sport, um, learning new things, any kind of activity that they um, delve into, because the more they understand what they need when they do have big emotions, uh, the more they can sort of work through that and manage it. And yeah, I just feel... Like this is something that if you have true children, we can all have our best crack at doing this. So what is emotional intelligence? It's the ability to manage your own emotions and understand the emotions of people around you. So as a teacher, I'm really pleased to tell you, and I'm sure you're not surprised because I think... This just is the way of the world now, and you'd see it, like, I hope, through childcare and kindy and um, I hope through school as well. Um, But emotional intelligence is part of the Australian curriculum. They don't use the word emotional intelligence specifically, but it's basically encompassing those things. So... In the, so if you're not in education, um, in the Australian curriculum, you know, you have all your subjects, you have your maths, science, English, etc. Alongside that, they have what's called general capabilities, which are basically learning dispositions, okay, so skills that you need in, to in, in order to learn, basically, And so some of these general capabilities include critical and creative thinking, which obviously is like your um, problem solving, crucial for um, learning, ethical behaviour, intercultural understanding, so on and so forth. And one of them is personal and social capability, which is basically emotional intelligence. So we've got within that, Self awareness, self management, social awareness, social management. So these are all things to do with recognizing emotions, understanding emotions, how you can um, support other people with their emotions, um, using those skills and that understanding in a team situation, in how to be a leader. Just all really critical things, I guess, to not just the learning environment, but any environment really. So what I thought is that I would share um, some things that I've used at school in the classroom and at home with my four-year-old over the years. Um, yeah, and I, I feel qualified to talk to this because this is, this is part of my job And this is part of my job at home. Um, As I talk about this, I just want you to know, like, um, I think I say this all the time with this sort of thing, but I have certainly really tried to put time and effort into implicating, implicating? That's not the right word. (laughs) I think of the right word but anyway into like using these strategies um at home and i yeah i mean at school it's probably um more so successful so far i suppose um but when i talk about this stuff i'm not saying <laughs> that my four-year-old does all this perfectly um I, he's definitely learned a lot and can um express himself pretty well and i have over the over the last couple of years, like I guess since he was like two-ish, um, had comments from educators at childcare and stuff saying how, that he can articulate how he's feeling and all that sort of thing. So that's been really good. But he he still has so much trouble with this. He's four. Um, so, yeah, certainly a work in progress. Okay. So, Um, some of this is going to be really obvious but I think just a nice reminder and hopefully you get something out of it there might be something in there that you hadn't thought of before or that you haven't done in a while all right number one talk about feelings name them notice them describe them so in books on posters um, when you see someone upset in the shops or at the playground you know obviously not yelling out loud but afterwards you might say oh that little boy seemed to be having some feelings what do you think they were oh he was sad yeah he was how did you know he was sad oh because he was crying and etc etc so yeah yeah name them notice them describe them And tell your own stories of when you've experienced different emotions. So, and sometimes that can really help when your child might be having a big feeling. So, maybe the feeling is disappointment. Maybe they're disappointed because um, you promised them that they were going to go to the playground and it's now pissing down with rain. And you might, so you might share an example of a time when you felt disappointed. And you say, and you name it. I know it's so disappointing we can't go to the playground. I was really looking forward to it too. It's really hard feeling disappointed. I remember when blah, blah, blah happened and I felt disappointed, blah, blah, blah. Um, Because hearing it from their parents explained that way might help them feel more heard and seen. Um, If the opportunity arises and you feel like you can... um, you could talk through your own emotions at a time when you're yourself feeling big feelings. Um, I I think I put did a post about this a while ago, but there was a day where I was feeling really anxious and worked up and um I can't remember the scenario exactly, but I think Alfie was upset and I was feeling very overwhelmed. I was feeling anxious and I could feel myself getting, starting to get narky, and instead of like taking it out on Bo, which I really, in that moment, really didn't want to do, um, like I got down on my knees with him and I said, and I held his hands and I said, Bo, mummy's feeling really, I think I did use the word anxious, mummy's feeling really anxious at the moment, can you please help me? And he I said, yes. And I said, can you help me do some breathing? And we did some breathing together. And and I said, can you please give me a hug? And he gave me a big hug. And, you know, that's not what something I would want to do all the time. That's a big responsibility to put on a four-year-old. But I think also an amazing thing to show him and for him to see me be vulnerable and me talk through what I need and for him, I guess, to be part of, like, feeling helpful in that moment um so that's probably not something that's going to pop up all the time but yeah i guess if the moment arises and you feel like you can that could be something that's really powerful number two give them or teach them the language so um I remember when Bo was four, teaching him to say, like, I feel frustrated and that, you know, that started by, you know, me asking, are you feeling frustrated? And so, yeah, he would initially he would just say, I feel frustrated and then the next step on from that is I feel frustrated because I want that toy and Jeremy has it. And so at least then you know what's bothering them, you know how they're feeling, you know what's bothering them and they can articulate that. And that's really important, not just in the home, but like if, if something's going wrong, wrong in an education setting or maybe they're being looked after by someone else, how amazing if they can like articulate that to whoever's caring for them. Another step onto that, on with that is giving them the language of being able to express what they need. Now, there are so many adults that can't even do this and um, they're not going to be able to do this all the time. Like sometimes the emotion is too big. I know I can't even do this sometimes, but um, you know, there will be times where they will be able to express it. So as we know, everyone, children included, adults included, Deal with their emotions in different ways and need different things. So it might be, I need space, I need a cuddle, I need to talk, I need alone time. And um, yeah, again, something I have taught Bo over the years is, yeah, that because he is very much, not always, but often goes into that flight response. And wants that alone time. So, yeah, I used to say, do you need alone time? And he would say yes. And I'd say, okay, I'm just going to be over here. If you need me, I'll be waiting. I'm just going to leave you alone. And then, you know, we would talk through whatever we need to afterwards. Um, But I have seen him and I know um, at childcare, I don't know so much since he started kindy, but I have seen him use that language. So I've seen kids like chasing after him, whether they've agreed that they're playing (laughs) chasey or whether it's just happening in the playground or whatever. I've heard him say, I need alone time. I need alone time. And for him to be able to say that to his friends or whoever he's playing with, I think it's just incredible. Cause like other four year olds, they know what that means. They know what it means to leave another person alone. And if Hopefully by him saying that, they can give that to him and it might prevent something from escalating further. So, yeah, I think that's really important. Um, And this sort of, because that's that's talking about strategies, what strategies help them. This sort of flows into other strategies. Um, So, yeah, helping them identify what they need and to express it, which is what I just talked about. Um, other strategies might be to do with breathing. So you might've heard of finger breathing. So what they do is they trace around, um, the edge of their fingers and they breathe in, out. So I can't remember. I think it's, you might go out when you go down the finger and then in up the finger down. I'm doing this as we're talking down Breathe out like down the side of the finger, breathe out. you get the idea, so finger breathing is a good um, a good one, and um, yeah i 've used that in the classroom before, and Bo has definitely come home and talked about that as well, so that's that 's really cool that yeah it 's being used elsewhere i mean i didn 't invent it, so of course it 's being used el- elsewhere. Um, other strategies it might be screaming into a pillow. It might be that they just need to run around. Um, Yeah, so many different things that, and I think the more you know your child, the more you might sort of be able to recognise what strategies are going to be best suited to them. Number four, books. There are so many books. (laughs) The market is saturated with books talking about feelings, emotions, all of that stuff. Go to any big W, to Kmart, Target, whatever, you will find them. Um, but just remembering um, they don't need to be books specifically about emotions. You know, under this emotional intelligence umbrella, you could be reading books about kindness, gratitude, resilience, sharing, having a go, solving a problem, all of those things relate back to emotional intelligence. So I'll, um, I'm will i not going to go through any now, but I will list some um, books that I use in the classroom and that we have at home um, in the show notes. Right, number five, mindfulness. This doesn't have to be like a full meditation or anything. It can just be like often... If I'm walking around with Bo, I'll say, okay, let's be quiet. What can you hear? And we'll talk about, oh, I can hear a lawn lawnmower really far away. I can hear birds chirping in the trees. I can hear Alfie chewing on whatever he's eating. I can hear the wheels of the pram going along the footpath. Just really... um tuning in to your senses and then you might talk about what you can see, what you can feel, what you can smell, etc. So that can be a mindful activity and that's a really nice one for you to do yourself too. Um, Another one is, um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of the Smiling Mind app. Um, It's Basically, yeah, a whole heap of little mindfulness activities, meditation type um, audio. I have used Smiling Mind in the classroom, oh, I would say four or five years, I reckon. And obviously it's not for all kids. Like some kids really struggle being still and that's like very understandable A lot of kids really love that time though i um used to do it a lot after lunch mainly sometimes after recess but mainly after lunch because after lunch is often when um definitely with specific classes but often when a lot of the the social issues have happened and it's a nice time for them to sort of just wind down and calm down and Just like even cool down their bodies when it's a hot day, and yeah, the Smiling Mind app has a kids section where that you can work through that. Like the, the I think that's probably in the teacher section, but I think there's ones for home as well. And you could even just go into the teacher teacher section because I'm pretty sure anyone can access it. Um, yeah, and it's just like a series of lessons basically um but when i say lessons it's like just audio that you lay down and listen to obviously you can find mindful find mindfulness stuff on youtube and i'm sure there are so many other apps um that you can use as well um number 6 is probably more a school one I haven't done this myself, but you absolutely could set this up at home, especially if you are having some like pretty big emotions, um, is a calm corner. So in your calm corner, you could put pillows or a bean bag. Um, you could have a little table with um, some sensory items like squishy balls or slime or... Um, even like a lava lamp, or um, yeah, any of those sort of things, um, then you could have. Well, so in a, in my classroom, I had little um, laminated sheets that I'd you know PDFs that I'd found from. Probably, like, teacher websites, but honestly, I think if you Google, you would find, if you Googled Calm Corner resources, anyone can access that stuff. Um, Yeah, but I found little breathing techniques pictures. So, yeah, they had the hand one. There was, like, box breathing, which is, like, that's a common. I've heard about that outside of kids and classroom stuff. Um, so that's a cool little thing to have like in your calm corner. You can have little quotes in there that are might be about feelings or um, self-love or whatever. You can have some of your emotional intelligence style books in there for kids to read. Um, and just I guess if it's in a classroom like um, a little sign about what the calm corner is for. And I remember I did have one, obviously it's been a while since I've had a Calm Corner set up, um, but I remember I had one a little sign that went through kind of the steps and what, how you know when you're ready to sort of re-enter the group. Um, so, yeah, I found that really helpful in the classroom, especially when I had a um, really emotional class um it was a great way for kids to I guess number one have a place to go number two self-regulate and number three I didn't have to that it was like a non-verbal exchange they would go sit there I would know that I need to go and help them with something And if I can't get there straight away, like the fact that they're sitting there and they've got a few things to do and a comfortable place to be, I can get to them when I can. And when I did have this (laughs) rather um, emotional class, there would often after break times be multiple (laughs) social situations that I was having to help manage and often, not often, yeah, <laughs> regularly, <laughs> often, I guess, um, we would come in from play and I would be able to at least get the rest of the class started, do my explicit in- instruction, explain the task that we were doing and then get to that child um, after I'd finished and got the rest of the class set up. And also, you know, those kids are right there and can hear what you're explaining. So hopefully you've sort of tuned into the explanation at the same time. So anyway, yeah, a calm corner is a good one. Um, another one is, so number seven, just reflecting on your day as a family um, because that can bring up different feelings and is, I think it's just a good way to reflect as a family um, I've heard and seen this done in different ways. We haven't really started anything like this um, as a routine. When I would pick up from Bo from childcare, and we had a bit of a drive, I was in a bit of a habit of asking him, um, "What was something that made you feel proud? What was make some today? What was something that made you feel happy today, sad today, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Um, so that's a good one. I haven't used it in a while, but I think that's that you learn a lot from that because, um, yeah, they might say, I felt really proud that I helped clean up the blah, blah, blah area. And you're like, oh, cool, you're learning something. They're being helpful. They're following instruction. Um, and, and, you know, that might be your baseline expectation or you might go, oh, thank God. <laughs> um, yeah, you you learn a lot. And, you know, if, um, nothing made me feel sad. Great. Or I felt sad when we were playing the play in the sandpit because um, I heard this person say something not very nice about my friend. So you learn a lot. You learn a lot by asking those questions. I've also... Um, uh, known families who, at the dinner table, they everyone has to share something good, something bad, and then something funny or unusual and yeah that 's a really good conversation starter, and again gives you an insight into what 's going on. number eight gratitude, simple. Um yeah just talking and that could be something that you do at the dinner table as well. Today I'm grateful for blah 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 or you might it might be like a role modeling thing um that you yeah you just share something that you're grateful for just as you're going about everyday life or it might be more explicit um for example, in the classroom, it could be like sitting around in a circle and everyone shares something that they're grat- grateful for or writing gratitude lists. That could be something you do at, at home as well if you've got older kids. Um, yeah, gratitude, good one. Number nine, trying to develop self-love and how they're going to do that. Well, one way is by you telling them why you love them and what makes you proud about what they're doing, telling them what they're good at. Um, The more that they hear it, the more that that's going to sink in. And I think we all want our kids to love themselves and who they are. So I think the more we can tell them, what's so great about them, the more they're going to believe it. And I think that's just so important. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to share today. I just think, yeah, we want to bring up kids who love themselves. We want to bring up our kids to express their feelings. We want to set them up for success, This having these Having emotional intelligence is going to help them in so many ways, in multiple facets of their life, and I just think it's such an amazing gift that we can support them to have. It's not gonna; it won't be a straightforward thing, um, but there are things that we can do to help sort of get that ball rolling when they are younger and you can start this some of this stuff from as young as two honestly so yeah i really hope you enjoyed this episode i think this is a really important episode and i really encourage you um to share this among any of your friends or teachers um I would love feedback on this one. I spent a third of the time writing this up and, yeah, really reflecting on this. So I hope I hope it's been useful in, and informative for you. But, yeah, I'd love you to share it. Make sure you click subscribe or follow, follow um, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so that you can get more podcasts from me. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Have a great week. The Hey There Sunshine podcast acknowledges that we are recording on the traditional country of the Kaurna people of the Adelaide Plains and pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. We recognise and respect their cultural heritage beliefs and relationship with the land. We acknowledge that they are of continuing importance to the Kaurna people living today. And we also extend that respect to other Aboriginal language groups and other First Nations peoples.